Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. And I'm your host, Ms. Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues, the foundational issues that are at the very core of why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. And again, for those of you, this is your first time tuning in to my podcast, uh, Real Reading Talk, that concept came up, uh, came to me um, because real talk is something that we say in the black community when we want to get to the nitty gritty, the core, with no chaser, no sugarcoating about the issues of whatever it is that we're talking about. So that's why I, that's why I came up with the title Real Reading Talk. And I thank you all for joining me. And I thank you all for those of you who've subscribed um, on Spotify. And for those of you Um, If you haven't downloaded the Anchor app, please make sure that you do that uh, so that you can continue to get the podcasts as I upload them. I try to get in here once a week. So that is my goal. And I hope that you all again with my podcast, uh, the, the whole point is not just to talk about these issues. It is about actually trying to do something about it. Because we, you know, we didn't talked out as black folks. You know, you know, we know how to talk about different issues. We know how to pontificate. We know how to have discussions. We know how to have meetings and, and all of these different things. We are excellent at that. But we, what we do have to improve upon is putting those things that we are learning, we have to improve upon putting them into action. So with that being said... What I would love for you all to do, make sure that you have a notebook uh, with you when you are listening to my podcast, because my goal is to make sure that you are getting information that you can utilize. And remember, again, like I said, we don't want to just continue with the getting of the information. We want to apply it. Knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is definitely powerful. So let's get right into the topic. So my topic for today is you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. All right. So um, I'm quite sure a lot of you out there uh, are familiar with uh, that, uh, those words, because that came from uh, the song back in the 80s that uh, that famous country singer Kenny Rogers had in uh, one of his songs. And so what made me come up with that title in this particular topic is because of something that occurred um, with my uh, youngest child, my son, um, at a school that he used to attend. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to Allah that uh, I can say those words that he used to attend. And, um, and for those of you, of course, with knowing when to hold them, knowing when to fold them, knowing when to walk away, knowing when to run, what that basically means is you have to know when uh, it is time, when you can you know, keep whatever it is that you're trying to keep. And you have to also know when it's time to push it away. 
you have to tap into that and understand that. Pay attention. Pay attention in that. And all of this is tying in to literacy. All of this is tying into why it's very, very important for us to make sure that we are placing literacy and reading high on our value ladders when it comes to our children and our families. Because reading is a way for us to help develop those critical thinking skills, those problem-solving skills, being able to uh, draw conclusions, being able to figure out things, all right? So when, when, when we have our reading game on, when we are making sure that we are uh, placing reading, again, like I said, high on our value ladders, when we are making sure that we are pumping up literacy in our homes, because yes, it does start in the home. It does not start in the school because as we know, the mother is the first teacher for sure. But I'm definitely, of course, mother and father. All right. That home base, we are their first teachers. So, but again, like I said, when we are putting reading um, um, as, as something that is valuable in our homes, then that is when our children will begin to do the same thing. So I'm going to uh, share with you all a uh, short story. I'm not going to give you like all of the details. So I'm just going to stick to just a couple of things and what uh, led me and my son's father to the decision of saying, we got to get him out of there. Because actually, I was going to try to wait until the end of the year because the intent was to not even have him enroll back in the school um, for next year. So we was going to try to stick it out. But it was just, again, like I said, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. So one of the episodes that occurred was when I had asked uh, his, you know, his uh, former teacher, they were going over uh, a, this and, and actually he was, you know, in a virtual uh, setting. So he was, you know, at home and I, you know, am able to be at home with him during the day. So I was able to uh, hear what was going on in terms of the class. So I would, you know, periodically, you know, go in the room, you know, um, in his room and to listen in on the class. And so she started talking about immigrants. And mind you, this is a black woman, by the way. All right. So she was talking to them about immigration and so then one of the things that she said was that everyone immigrated to the United States. And so, of course, you know, I'm like, OK, really? And so I what I did was after she had, you know, he went over that and everything. And so and I talked to him about that and I said, you know, had a discussion with him about it. I said, uh, Yusuf, you know, everyone did not immigrate to the United States. Immigration means that people actually got up and decided to move to another place. And you had millions of African people who were put into slavery. They were tortured. They were beaten. 
all the horrible things that were done to our people just so that they can build up what we now call the United States. I said, so that's a lie. And I'm not even understanding why she's teaching that. And so I just simply asked her. I said, you know, why are you teaching that all of, you know, everyone immigrated to the United States? Now, I asked her this in a message uh, platform that they have where teachers and uh, parents can communicate. So this was, you know, a private message. And so then her response was that she said, well, there were American Indians. They were the first people on this land. And then other people immigrated. Then she said, was that offensive to you? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wasn't that offensive to you? Here it is. You're a black woman. And even if you are reading from this text that you're supposed to be teaching from, teaching your students from, you could have used that as an opportunity to educate them and say, oh, no, 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 no. We're about to get this straight right now. But no, she had an obvious issue with me questioning her. And so, of course, you know, I, I gave her the response. This is the response I gave her. I'm going I'm to shorten it up. But basically, in a nutshell, I told her, I said, well, first of all, I said it was already clear. And I referenced the book, They Came Before Columbus. Those of you, make sure you get that book, They Came Before Columbus by Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. And I told her, I said, well, they were already, of course, we know they were indigenous people as, you know, they, uh, you know, we would call Indians, but they were indigenous people already on this land. And I said, there actually was an African presence as well, which is documented in that book. And, you know, I suggested that, you know, she'd be able to, you know, get that book and, and everything so that she could read it for herself. And so after I gave her my, you know, my explanation and just explained to her how, yeah, that's definitely offensive. And also, too, you know, in talking about in terms of our 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 African ancestors were enslaved. So that obviously, hello to me, I'm thinking that's an obvious thing. It's like, come on, man. You know, what I'm saying we we not don't we not even going to go there. And just for the record, so you all can again pay attention you know, we have to make sure, and I'm telling myself this first, we got to make sure that we're doing our due diligence and that we are finding out what it is that they are teaching our children by making sure that we are seeing what kind of work they're being given, you know, asking about uh, what lessons that they were given during class, especially as we know, because of course this was social studies. So we definitely got to be careful because as we know, we already know that Trump was already uh, trying to make that decision in terms of when it comes to history, trying to start it, in, it, it with the birth of America. And it's like, really? And I said, but but that's OK, though, because we uh, once again, like, oh, yeah, we yeah, uh -huh, we can start right there so that we can make sure that we are telling how this place really started. And so after I got done giving her my answer. Then what she said at the end, she said, well, you can discuss this with the dean. And so, again, I'm already I'm, I'm sitting up here like, are, are you serious, man? Like, OK, you as a black woman, you couldn't have, <laughs> you know, said, 
you know what? I understand what you're saying, sister, da-da. But again, as the old saying goes, is black folks. All our skin folk ain't kin folk. And that's for sure. That's for sure. And so that was one of the episodes that occurred. And the other episode that occurred actually was really dealing with, and there was another actually incident in terms of, of history where I I had to, uh, where she was teaching the children about the Great Depression. And then I had told my son, I said, ask her about black people. What was going on with black people during the Great Depression? And so when my son did that, she was like, um, okay, what do you mean? Like, what happened to black people? And then she started going into, I mean, do you, are you talking about in terms of, you know, yes, they were, uh, discriminated against, you know, when they were feeding, uh, people in the soup lines, black people were not allowed. And she started going on, you know, saying a couple of things that were happening to black people. Yes. You know, black people, they were mistreated, you know, whatever, but just, it was, she wanted to, she addressed it, but it was still dismissive in a sense, like, okay. And I'm, and I, and I, and I just, again, I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I said, I believe it's definitely close to the time of him having to be pulled out of that school and real. And, and again, this is real talk, real reading talk. Cause I know some of you may be like, well, how come you just didn't really just not even have him enrolled and just had like a homeschool program for him. And really my reason for having him enrolled, because I said, oh, okay. I said, you know, it's a school. Cause the school literally is like uh, two minutes away. It's right up the street. And I thought it would be a way because of course this was because initially they were doing hybrid. So he went there a couple of days and he actually wound up only going there uh, in the school physically. I think it was like for two days and then the rest was virtual learning. And so the reason why I did that was because I said, well, okay, well, this would be a, a way for him to, you know, be able to connect, you know, with other kids. Uh, I said also too, I said, I know the type of parent that I am, you know, which I've been like this with all of my children. I'm active in their schools. I will go up there to the schools. I would, I would sit in the classroom. Yes. One of those kind of parents. And so I said, you know, we should be fine. And I, and of course too, when we decided to enroll him, one of my questions was in terms of, you know, how many black teachers. So that was something I was thinking, okay, I said, all right, so, you know, we gonna give it a shot. I said, you know, we, we think this might be all right, you know, but as we saw, like, no, it, it, it didn't work out. And so that was those two episodes, but the final straw was when I realized, um, yeah, you got to know when to walk away, know when to run. Um, when my son, because he would often complain about her not uh, like answering questions, like when he would ask questions, you know, she would sound like she was irritated. Like she was just uh, kind of annoyed. And I'm really thinking a lot of it has to do with because of the fact, you know, me questioning her, me having these different questions, you know, ha- having uh, me questioning her about, like I said, about the, the curriculum. Um, also having my son question her as well. And so that was pretty much the the last straw was when I had my son ask her about, you know, how come she was not, uh, how, how come she was rarely calling on him? 
um, in his class. And so then she answered the question in, in the particular message. She was answering the question as far as like why, you know, she was sorry that he felt that way and she did call on him or whatever the case may be and all of those types of things. But then she also responded to my son during the class. Now, mind you, this was a private message that she gave him. Excuse me, that he gave her rather, because I actually I wrote the message down on the notebook and I had him read off the notebook and I had him type the message in the particular platform where teachers and parents can communicate. And so she responded to him actually during the class because he had told me, he said that she said, you know, why are you talking to me like that? And, you know, or something of that nature. And he didn't even say anything. So he basically, he was putting two and two together as a nine-year-old kid. He was like, I guess she was responding because of what I asked her, you know, whatever. And so long story short, we wind up having a meeting, um, basically that she initiated She wanted us to have a meeting and I'm glad that she did. And, you know, and I talked to her, you know, we had this, you know, we talked about, you know, like I said, about how he felt in the class, how he felt like he wasn't being included. Um, You know, he wasn't really being called on. And even, you know, he had issues too. It was a couple of, he had an issue like when he first got in there with some kids trying to uh, leave him out. And so basically, you know, that's when, the decision was made where I sent the email after we had our meeting had, it was me, her and the Dean. And we both said our piece. And then I decided, I said, you know what? I talked to my son's father and I said, I don't think it's a good idea. And so, you know, he agreed and he was unenrolled. But the whole point of the story is this number one, one of the things that I said, I want to, share with you all as a reminder when it comes to dealing with our children, um, especially when they're in these schools. And we have to make sure that we are teaching our children that we are the stakeholders when it comes to our children in these schools. Meaning what? We have a say. We should not be, te- we should not be putting our kids in these schools with the mindset of, well, that's your job. You teach my child. We got to be real careful with that. We really, really have to be careful with that. Because the only thing what you're going to do is that when you're putting all of the onus on somebody else, then that means that they can do and have a way with your child any way they choose. So definitely that is one of the takeaways and obviously the, the, the main takeaway in terms of connecting it again, all of this is in, in, in tell, tells with the, the literacy piece and with the reading piece. And I thank God that I was able to articulate to her about the false, the, the falsehood that she was teaching our children. Because again, it's not just, it wasn't just about my son, but obviously I'm going to care about my son. That's my child. But I care about all the children. All of those children were, be t- were being told a lie. And unfortunately, a lie by someone who looks like all of them. That whole classroom was black. Well, no white kids in there. It wasn't no Native American children in there. All black children. 
And so that's why, again, like I said, we have to make sure we are doing our due diligence as parents or as caregivers and that we are showing our children that, yes, we care about your education. And yes, we are going to read. We are going to learn about our history so that you can go in these schools and be empowered. Because I get, I understand you have, you, you have parents who aren't able to homeschool. There aren't, they are not able to take their child out of that school. So I'm talking to you right now for my parents who cannot take your children out that school. I have three things, three things, three takeaways from that story that I gave you about my son and us having to take him out of that school that you, that I hope you utilize uh, for your child so you can be an advocate for your child. The first thing is this. Number one, teach your children to ask questions about what is being taught. Teach your children to ask questions about what is being taught in those classrooms. And just like I gave you the example, that's what I did for my son Yusuf. I told him, just like I gave you all, I told you about when they were, she was talking about the Great Depression. And I was sitting right there. I said, ask her about black people. He typed it right in the, in the uh, comment box. And unfortunately, um, you, have, you, you are going to deal with teachers who are going to feel offended. They're going to feel like you're challenging me and what I'm saying. But those real great educators, they're going to embrace that question. They're going to look at that child and say, Wow, I appreciate you asking me that. And then their next thought, they're probably going to say, wow, man, you're being taught at home. Somebody is putting the time and they're investing in you. They're reading in you. They're teaching you things. But again, like I said, those are for the educators who value education and understand what education means. Education does not mean the mere parting of knowledge or imparting of knowledge to someone. Education should be able to, you should be able to use that education to be able to transform your lives, make it better, make your communities better, make your families better. That's what education is about. Not just to, you have a teacher saying, well, I'm just, I'm doing my job. One of the things she said, I'm doing my job. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm -hmm, you're doing your job. You sure are. And that's basically it. You're not trying to help motivate that child. You're not trying to help that child feel good about themselves and want to learn. So that was number one. Number two, don't be afraid to ask the teachers why they are or are not teaching certain things. And that's very crucial. That's key. We as parents, once again, that's that empowerment piece. Like I said, first we teach our children to be empowered. And we also make it clear to those teachers. Oh, yes, I'm going to ask you about this particular topic. Why are you teaching this? Why are you still teaching that Columbus is a voyager? Just like I had to ask, (laughs) ironically, again, my son Yusuf, when he was at this uh, another school, it was a Montessori school that I was involved in. I was substituting in. I was in the classrooms. So I was able to see. I was able to see the books that they were reading to the kids, all of that. So we, again, we 
have to make sure that we are uh, taking that responsibility for our children's learning and that we're also teaching them to take responsibility for their learning. So I'm going to say the, uh, the now I'll say the third one and then I'll repeat uh, all three of them. And the third one is keep a notebook and a pen with you at all times. <laughs> yes, keep a notebook and a pen with you at all times. I keep notebooks in my purses. Any purse I take out of my house, it has a notebook and something to write. And if you so happen to not have your notebook and pen with you, then make sure you just take some notes real quick in your phone. That is very, very important. Why? Because sometimes there are certain things that occur and you may not be able to address it at that particular time, but you better write it down. Writing is crucial. You have to be able to write down what it is that you have, have seen at that time or maybe something that you know you want to address, something that you heard, whatever the case. Make sure that you have a notebook and a pen with you. All right. So I'm going to do a recap again, like I said, of the three things in which I hope you all take away from this podcast because... You know, I've really, you know, that was on my heart. And I said, I got to share this with other people. And I'm quite sure a lot of you out there know what I'm talking about. You can relate. You've seen it. You've heard it. All of that. And, and again, like I said, we're real reading talk. The goal is for us not to just keep talking about these things, but we want to put them into action. We don't want to turn these episodes that we are experiencing or our children experiencing into just the parking lot conversations. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Them parking lot conversations. You go out in the parking lot of the school, you know, or that conversation, you know, at your job with your coworkers, you know, or you just talking about these different things at your house or wherever, but you're not addressing these issues with the people who really need to hear it. So they can understand, hey, look, I don't play when it comes to my children and their learning. So the first one, again, teach your children to ask questions about what is being taught. Number two, don't be afraid to ask the teachers why they are or are not teaching certain things. And the third one, last one, keep a notebook and pen with you at all times. And like I said, even if you cannot, if you don't have the notebook and pen, or pencil, whatever, then take some notes in your phones. All right. We got to be on point when it comes to our children, when it comes to their education, they have to understand. And that, and again, all of this is tied to literacy. Why? Because the more we are promoting reading to our children, the more they are seeing us read, the more we are getting them closer and closer to being able to liberate themselves, for us to liberate ourselves. Remember, if, if those of you who have read the book, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, one of the key things that he said was that helped him be able to escape that horrible, horrible, peculiar institution of slavery was that when he learned how to read, when he learned how to read, it was on. 
it was on. If you have not read that book, please go read that book. I highly recommend it. I used to keep that book in my purse. We got to teach our children that reading is freedom. All of this, again, this whole scenario, like I said, is related to literacy, related to reading. Because if I had not learned this different information about our history, then how would I be able to say something to the teacher when I hear her saying something that is totally incorrect? And that's why, again, like I said, I gave you those three tools to take away because it's more than just learning it because there are so many people, please, I'm a baby on the scene when it comes to learning about black history and and and, and our history when it and relates to us, you know, here in America and across the globe. I am truly, I, the more I learn and read, the more I realize, dang, I don't know nothing <laughs> for real, real talk. Because I'll be you know, reading these books and then they'll be referencing these books. Cause you know, and we, you know, after you read a book, especially like they came before Columbus, he did an excellent job. He gave all his, you know, references at the end of each chapter, just thorough book. That's why a lot of people reference that book. And so, you know, like I said, man, you know, Hey, I'm a baby on the scene, but guess what? I understand and I embrace it. And I'm still trying to learn and I'm still trying to read. And when I'm reading and when I'm learning, it's helping me to be empowered because it's like, man, I can't hold that knowledge in. I'm not about to sit up here and be reading this stuff now. I'm not going to be reading it. And the next thing you know, I got to listen to a teacher talking, talking about, yes, everyone immigrated to America. <laughs> then I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, like I'm putting on my brakes in the car before a squirrel jump out in front of me. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's how that was like, for real. So yeah, y'all. So with that being said, I'm going to end now. I am so thankful again that you all uh, took the time to listen to this podcast. I hope that you all gain benefit. I hope that you all share this podcast. And I hope again, like I said, that we change our mindsets because yes, we can make reading great again in the communities. Yes, we can make reading great again in our communities because this is something that we come from a history of. We come from a history of being literate. African people. All right. And so now I want to share with you all two things. So my plan is at the end of the podcast, I want to leave you all with a quote And I also want to leave you all with the book that I'm currently reading as well. And so uh, I hope that you all, um, again, are making sure that you are getting your reading in. Make sure that you're reading in front of your children. All right. Even listening to books on audio is considered reading as well. So the quote is this. The ability to read awoke inside of me some long dormant craving to be mentally alive. <sighs> Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, y'all. Woo-wee! When I heard this young brother say this quote, oh man, I was like, Ur! 
I said, oh, a sister will be looking it up to make sure I got the wording correctly, writing it down. And I'm telling my listeners on Real Reading Talk podcast that quote. Okay, that's yeah. Long dormant craving to be mentally alive. You know how many folks are walking around physically, but mentally they're dead. And I'm talking and specifically I'm talking about black people. I mean, just like I just told you about the sister. And I'm not trying to and I'm not trying to say that she's a, a, a bad person or, or or a bad even a bad educator. But she definitely needs some improvement and she definitely gotta wake up. She definitely has to do that. And I pray that she gets better because I think she's she's kind of young as well. So I'm not trying to badger, you know, folks or whatever the case, especially black folks. I got a soft spot in, in my heart towards my people because I, I, I want to see us doing well. And I know where that 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 stuff comes from. That's why we got real reading talk. That's that comes from, again, that white supremacist mindset. We, we get to thinking that. Oh man, we got this degree. You know, I got all, you know, I have my, uh, all of my uh, little awards, whatever it was. White people said you was cool. So now you feel like you on top of the world. You just educated. You educated. And then you getting to realize like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, how come, you know, I'm uh, every time I look and I see uh, our people struggling when it comes to things that's positive. You know, you, we, we got to start taking a look at that and saying, hold up, what's up? You know, we, we, we are so educated, but then they'll, unfortunately, with white supremacy, they'll get you into thinking, that, oh, yeah, you're fine, you're great. You know, while you're looking at the masses of people in your community that are not doing well, but they'll have you thinking that, well, see, they're not trying as hard as you did. Like, no. Nah. No, uh-uh, that ain't it for sure. That definitely ain't it. And that's why I said, again, we have to bring reading back into our communities because we come from a history of learning and reading. That's our legacy. That's our legacy. And so the last thing I'm going to end with is the book that I am currently reading. Actually, I'm reading a couple of books. Uh, one is called The Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon. All right. And uh, the other book that I've been reading is Teaching Black Adolescent Males um, in Reading. Teaching Black Adolescent. I can't remember. Where's that title of that book at? It's by Dr. Alfred Tatum. It's called, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the, the title of the book. Oh, oh, here it is right here, y'all. Teaching Reading to Black Adolescent Males, Closing the Achievement Gap, and it's by Dr. Alfred Tatum. So those are the books that I'm reading, and I hope that you all um, be able to share, um, you know, when you all give reviews and different things of that nature on what books that you all have been reading as well. All right. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in and take care. Peace.